afternoon, Flora. How are you today? How is it going? Um, I'm okay. The little one is um home again. He caught a he started coughing yesterday and it wasn't bad, but I said, you know, I kept on thinking about what Margarita said during our uh during the talking to the school nurse episode and said if your kid feels a little sick, keep him home. And you know, I said, you know what? Just it's best that we keep him home, rest one day so that it doesn't become something worse. I'm still wondering whether he may have gotten it this Friday during movie night when we went, they, they, the school had family movie night and they went to see, they went, they watched Encanto completely in Spanish. Oh, um, yeah. Well, it's, it's a dual language English Spanish school. So they decided to show Encanto and he, he was like, I don't understand Spanish. I'm like, You've seen this movie like five times. <laughs> what you can watch it in Spanish. Um and um and yeah, so but he got a little cough. I'm just waiting for them to like give me that robocall about how your child was not in school. Um they already sent me that notice about like the minimum, you know, your child missed this many days of school and part of me is like you know, I'm trying to be responsible so I don't get the other kids sick, but okay. <laughs> I get mm-hmm. that. I get it. They're just doing it because they have to. Right, um, right. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's my, that's my highlight of today. Yeah. My youngest is home too. Um, his school has been experiencing um, higher COVID numbers. Um, especially in the middle in the prep school. So they decided to go remote today and tomorrow, given that um, this week is conferences and they would be out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So um, it was nice to have him home, but, you know, talking to him and asking him like, hey, this is the second um, email that I got, you know, in two weeks from your school around uh, regarding you being exposed. Um, who, who's got it now? So then it's, he's like, oh, my friend. And, and it's his friend that he's always with. So I'm like, okay, well, when you come in, you need to um, take a COVID test before you can uh, walk about the house. And uh, so, you know, he took one this morning. It was negative. So now he's able to move about. But, you know, COVID is not over. It is still here. And I don't know oh, why yeah. we are still acting like um, it is gone. I know we have to you know, people talk about, oh, we got to get back to normal. We got to get back to doing things. And I'm like, absolutely. But can we just do it with a mask on? Yeah, no, it, it's uh, my, both of my kids still wear a mask. Um, I, I mean, the younger one has this problem of biting the mask. Mm-hmm. So he's constantly biting. So we have the, we would, when masks were mandatory, we would go through like five masks a day. Um, and so that was, uh, that that itself was, and which is probably why he's catching so many colds. Um, but um, but yeah, even with both of them, I get those notices too about oh, um, my older one. He actually on Friday, he's like, I think I might have the symptoms of COVID. Do you have one of those home test kits? I'm like, yes, I do. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. here it is. Do you want me to minister? You want to do it but yourself? He's like, no, I, I can do it myself. Mm-hmm. He does it himself, and um, you know, it's like it's negative. Go to school. Uh, so, 
but yeah, it's, we do get those notices often. And um, it, it's almost like it's gotten to the point where it's like, oh, another one. Oh, another one. Oh, another one. Yeah. yeah, because, right, like the pandemic isn't over, right? But we could actually talk about uh, the pandemic for the entire episode, right? Yeah. But today we are, you know, this is the end of season one, and we just want to focus on like the things that we learned over the last, um, what have we been doing this for, like six months? Um, July, we've been doing, I think our, la- our first um, broadcast was late July, if I remember. Okay, all right. So, you know, what are some of the things that we have learned? So um, tell, tell us, Flora, what's one of the things that you've learned or like a big takeaway for you? I mean, so I'm, you know, a lot of people even question to ask me, why was I even doing this? Because I already had a lot to take care of. I had a lot to do. And they just felt like I was just piling more on. And in the end, I'm so glad I did this. You know, we, I think both of us, no, neither of us knew what we were getting into. <laughs> and I'm so glad I did this for many reasons, for personal reasons. I think I need this podcasting was a wonderful outlet to kind of get my frustrations out. Mm. That everything I've been going through at the same time, it helped. I learned a lot from it from talking to people and I know that if you know I think one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is that if we're dealing with these frustrations we know that other parents are going through this for the same frustration it almost reminds me of um was it what when um FDR when when President FDR used to have those fireside chats during the Mm. depression and that's exactly what some of this was some of this was yeah, I know I'm going through this. And so I know you're probably experiencing this too. So that's why I wanted this platform available for others. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about like, what are all the things that I've learned and actually how this has gotten helped me get through because the the problems have not gone away. It's, it's funny how I just talked to um my son's guidance counselor and they've so they've gotten rid of the nx right the the department of education has gotten rid of the nx designation you used to be that you could you know so they wouldn't fail a student they would just give them the nx they give the time to work make up the work and if you made up the work then the grade then you would get the grade Mm -hmm. um whatever the grade now they all of a sudden the doe said oh well you know what it's already been two years since the pandemic we go back failing kids again Mm -hmm. (laughs) not realizing oh you know what the pandemic's not completely over by the way so now you have to get you have to go back through the process of like pre-pandemic where you have to go through the medical, you know, all the medical exemptions of why you would need, a, you know, why you need that NX designation. So um, what's NX designation? Can you just tell so us? So basically the NX or no credit, I think it used to be no credit when I taught at Stuyvesant was basically instead of a failure, it was usually when a student had a health reason mm, that made okay. it different for them to complete their course rather than failing the student 
they would give the student the benefit of the doubt and just give them a no credit with the understanding that eventually the child would make up the work um, right you know within a, a timeline that was more realistic for them um i used to do you know i had a lot of students who you know just for whatever reason for whether it was physical health mental health as far as i'm concerned they're all the same health is health um but for for whatever reason they were eligible for the no credit and i would give them the no credit and then once they made up the work you know i would give them the grade so you, you know because of because of the pandemic they would give students the nx grade instead of failing them outright and um they you know and, and then just with the understanding that they would eventually make up the work right, so, right you know within a reasonable timeline that was also realistic for the student and um so this year the department of education got rid of it um you know and they said it's already been a year and a half since the pandemic you should be able to do your work it's like I mean, yeah i hear i hear what you're saying it's like um thinking about like accommodations right right like why you know i i kind of thought that like this new mayor would have brought back tele you know um the the remote option which we know from the disabled world right like telecommuting is, is a great accommodation um, for people with disabilities, right? So right. like if young people are having or students, right, like they're having health issues, then why not also have this um, as an option, right? And we learned right. that from um, Erica Samity and um, Taniqua Hunter, who came in and talked about, you know, transition services and how parents can be empowered. And, you know, I really just was hoping, you know, that the um, the remote option would would return because so many families could really benefit from that. But here we are back to um, business as usual, right? And that's just not really a good thing. Yeah, I read that. So there was talk about them bringing back remote option. And then like it was, and then it got to the point where the chancellor was like, well, we're just passing a buck to the districts. And the districts then passed the buck on to the schools. So there's like no uniformity in terms of what if there was any remote option would look like. I've had some parents like vehemently opposed to it, which I've talked to some parents and I'm just like, why are you so triggered by this? You, if your child has the option of going to school, my child has the option of going to school. Why are you so triggered by a few parents who just want the option to let their kids stay home? And, uh, you know, of course, they didn't answer that. It's, it's like, so, you know, they should, the, the, the parents couldn't give me a straight answer by this, uh, you know. And well, uh, other than, you know, it's the logistics, right? That, that's the answer is the logistics of setting up remote learning. Well, you know, if, if someone has something that another student doesn't have, then perhaps it takes away from what the other student doesn't have, right? It's, it's we're not all equal. Um, we don't all need the same things, but, you know, in apparently in New York City, the people who, you know, squeal the loudest um, always get the things, and that's a problem, right? Like, we're still... Right. 
Um, we still have a small portion of New York City people who tend to have the most influence over the over the system, right? And we know that there were certain families from certain districts that are very prestigious that did not want a remote option. So yeah. I guess so. I guess that's the only explanation. I mean, again, I, I do see the logistics of it is like setting up the logistics. But, you know, I said, look, yeah, the logistics can like if we would have took um, the the first um, the, the the spring of 2020 where we went into the pandemic right. and just took time to really think or reimagine how yep. we can you know, do education a little bit more effective, um, we could have actually had some gains, but no, they wanted people to do more um, from home. There was this whole blurred lines of like, I'm home, I'm working, I have, my kids are here, um, and just wanting, you know, educators to just do more and to do more and right. to produce and produce, and people got burned out. Like, look at the great resignation. Like, no one's oh, yeah. even talking about the great next great resignation from the educational system. You, how many people are former teachers? They're not teaching anymore. Yeah. No, they they have announced like, yep, I've called it quits. I can't do it anymore. Um, you know, and then they, yeah, it, it's so so yeah. All of it comes down to I guess some of the things that we're talking about is that look. We had a system that was broken to begin with right. and the pandemic just kind of made things worse. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I, I have to say, I really have to say how much this has been helpful to me during this time as, because, the problems didn't get any better. <laughs> in fact, in some ways, the problems actually got worse. You know, it's like the pandemic is subsiding somewhat. I mean, you know, we're all at the, our, my, the whole family's vaccinated as much as they can, uh, you know, and, you know, we're seeing some uh, move towards quote unquote, you know, back to whatever normal it is. And we know it's not going to look like February 2020, um, or even just, yeah. And um, so we're getting back to some kind of normal, but we're at the same time, we haven't fully recovered either. And we have people who want to think like we've fully recovered and, but no, actually the problems have gotten worse in, you know, in some ways. So, like I, I'm looking at some of the takeaways that I got. And in fact, there were some situations where had I not recorded that episode, I think I would have certain episodes. I think it would, I would have been able to cope with this less. Um, I, I, all of the guests, I have to say every guest that we've had has given us so much insight. Um, it, uh, a level the amount of insight that all of our guests have given were really helpful but if i were to take the three top takeaways i've gotten from the guests um and our episodes um the first one was um the college admissions episode where akil reminded us about not being so 
focused on timelines and chronology. So I got to give Akil Bello that, um, that credit because when he talked about chronology, it helped me cope with a situation that I was, a personal situation I was dealing with. And he said, you know what? Forget, I, I don't need to worry about chronology anymore. And uh, it, it, but when I was able to put that in perspective, it made my life easier. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I totally, absolutely agree with you um, on that um, chronology, that whole statement. Um, it's, it's interesting because um, in, in the private school world, um, all these kids are old <laughs> as opposed to like the grade right. that, that they are in. Um, yeah. and, and no one, no one bats an eye, right? right? No one thinks any, anything different, but I think it's also a reframing of your thinking, um, that we've been so programmed that kids have to do a certain thing by a certain time. And I'm just like, we're actually causing more stress and anxiety for the student and for the parent. And I'm, just oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm falling back. Like it happens when it happens. If it doesn't, maybe it just wasn't meant for that to happen at that time. Right. Like my kid was supposed to be taking this many AP classes and was supposed to be doing this and doing that. And it's like, well, no, we can't. Not during a pandemic, <laughs> you know, and there's worse things to, you know, is it the end of the world because your kid didn't get to take that AP class or this AP class? You know, does it really matter in the end? Um so so yeah, that was that was the first takeaway. That and that episode, that particular episode helped me cope um, with, with a couple of situations that were going on. The other two quotes that I remember was um, Dr. Matt reminding us that too many of us are doing usual things in an unusual situation. I remember when he said that constantly, I'm looking at this and it's, it also, it's given me a certain level of empathy too. When I get annoyed at certain, certain staff people, certain, you know, school staff, teachers, and I'm just like, like, where is your compassion? Where is your empathy and understanding? Part of me was like, well, you know what? They're operating. They're trying to do usual things in an unusual situations. It's almost like, it's a certain level of trauma response. I think it was Brett Scudder who mentioned that we're all dealing with this collective trauma. I actually just read an article yeah. on NPR mm -hmm. about that. And there's a lot of debate of whether we can really properly coin this collective trauma. But I do believe there is a certain level of, you know, maybe it's not collective trauma, but there certain is an, uh, I think there certain is an element of trauma response everyone's doing. Like this idea of trying to function as if this is still um, December 2019 or February 2020 it is really trauma response. It's like you want this normal that you once had. And guess what? You're not going to have that normal anymore. Mm -hmm, You're mm -hmm. just not. And it's time. It's about time that you come to that realization, and we're able to deal with that. Come to that realization, but a lot of people still haven't, um, for various reasons. Either they're not put in a situation, or like they haven't actually faced, you know, watching someone die of COVID. Right. 
um, or like they're not out there. They don't have to deal with um, a loved one who's an essential worker who's risking their life every day. Um, yep. You know, and, and so therefore they're kind of shielded from this or they just want to live in denial, which we know that a lot of people do. You know, a lot of people kind of live in denial. Um, right. But but that helped me when he said that. It's like, we're just doing usual things in unusual situations. And the last quote that I, again, I'm going to give quote uh, credit to Rebecca Onuru um, from G Dreamkeep Consulting. And she said, look, if my executive functioning skills are not working properly, how do I expect a, a kid, how do I expect a child, a teen, to function, to have their executive functioning skills working properly? And when she said that, it really hit me like, oh, yeah, maybe I need to be easier on my kids. Maybe I need to say, you know what, let me, let, let me give them some slack mm -hmm. because, and if, if grown adults are having a problem adjusting, how do we expect children? I mean, and yes, children, I know there's a lot of talk about resiliency. I, I was in a, I had an email from one of the staff at my son's school and they told me that, oh, well, he should put his best foot forward. And I'm just like, he's putting two foots, two feet forward right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. the best he can do right now, given the situation he's in. Um, but, you know, that's the kind of, you know, cliche responses that you get. And you're know, like, you can get angry at them and then you can go, you know what, you know, it's, like what Dr. Matt said, usual things in unusual, trying to do usual things in unusual situations. And yeah, those. But, yeah, but you know, like talking about resiliency, like why do they have to be resilient, right? Like why can't kids sometimes just, you know, sit in what they're, they're dealing with right now because maybe it's too overwhelming for them, right? Yeah. Which always to me brings back like, you know, the whole being excellent, right? And I, yep. and, I, and I always say like, excellence will give you mental health problems, right? Yeah. Like you're always competing to be the top and you don't always have to be the top. You don't always have to be the best. What you have to do is your personal best. And if that, you know, young person's personal best is average, then I think we have to sit in that and be comfortable that this is what that person could do. And maybe down the line, they can do a little bit more. But again, it goes back to, you know, reframing, rethinking, um, uh, pushing back on some of these societal norms and people are not ready for that. They just, they yeah. just not, they just not ready to give up those, um, those, those things that they had to hold, hold on, that they've been holding on to. They just, they ain't trying to do that. Oh, I can't tell you where, like, I'm on this Facebook group of the parents from my son's high school, and it's just like every other post is, I need to hire this tutor. I need to hire that tutor. I need to hire this tutor. Uh, there, um, Every other question on, like, college, every other question on SAT, every other question on, and and I just, you know, I just scroll through these like, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, um, I, I mean, I, I, there's nothing wrong with hiring a tutor. You know, I, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with hiring a tutor, but it's like, 
where your kid is just slipping a little and it's like i need to hire a tutor for his grades are slipping this much her grades are slipping that much it's like or maybe your kid needs to figure it out and struggle a little before you go to that point yeah um, how to use other resources before you hire a private tutor um yeah you know but that's i think that's the world that some of these some of these families live in it's like the you know your kids struggling a little hire a tutor yeah <laughs> yeah little, I, hire a tutor <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean because what are what are we teaching them how will they be able to cope when they are no longer under their parents roof and they're away at college or they're you know um in a college setting and mommy and daddy cannot solve it for them right like where, when are we going to start trying to build um, those um, independent skills, problem solving, uh, critical thinking skills, right? And I think that sometimes us as parents, we contribute. <laughs> we contribute oh, to the um, the stagnation in this in the in our our um, kids' growth and development. You know, I had three different people who told me that I needed to fall back as a mom, like fall back and let him grow up and be the young man that he is right yeah so i'm on some now like this is what i told you to do you know this is what you need to do if you do it do it if you don't do it then be prepared for the consequences but i am not going to do it for you oh there's i've gotten to the point where i don't even check pupil path as often as i should you know and it's like i don't like look he goes to school he goes to school this class but well, well, you know, I mean, I, I can do the best I can. And I, you know, I do check it just to know where he is. And like, someone's like, oh, he wasn't in, he didn't go to this. Really? Okay. Well, according to this, yeah, he wasn't in this class either. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's just really kind of letting, letting go a lot of that. And um mm -hmm. It, you know, and it, it, sometimes when I see those posts, it's uh, you know, now every once in a while, there's a parent who will say, is there someone that can help me help my kid with executive functioning skills? I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, actually, there is in the school. They don't tell you about these things, but there is. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and that's where I, I might contribute. Um, and so so yeah these are but yeah so these are some of the things that um uh, you know that i'm i'm it's it's another reason why i'm glad that i've done this and actually this is something it's funny that you brought up the learning how to fall back so this is actually something i wanted to share you know for myself especially when we're talking about self-care so this podcast is definitely uh has been my self-care or collective care mm -hmm. as Rebecca reminded us because self-care could is selfish um and um but uh as part of my I've actually been since the pandemic well at least three months in the pandemic I've actually been going to therapy mm -hmm. for myself mm -hmm. um and um you know for a while I was questioning about whether I should even make this public because it was, you know, it might have an impact on my professionalism. Like, what will my colleagues think about this? But in the end, I said, you know what? 
part of my role of what I continue to do when I work with other parents is to encourage them to seek therapy. And part of what we're trying to do in this work is to destigmatize mental health, like mental health and physical health should be treated the same way. Like mm-hmm. if you have diabetes, you go to a doctor and you had the doctor or high blood pressure and the doctor tells you what to do next to to reduce you the risks of diabetes or to manage your diabetes or to manage your high blood pressure. And when you seek a th- uh, when you seek a therapist, it really shouldn't be any different. Because mm-hmm. um, I've worked with parents where they're they're willing to get their kids therapy, but when you advise them to get therapy, they automatically think, "Oh, I don't need it. My kid needs it. I don't need it." Yep. But are you sure about that? And just mm-hmm. remember, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with kind of addressing some, especially now when we've been through, that was the one takeaway from this article that I read from NPR, that the reality is that we know this mental health system, we talked about this during the mental health episode and the holiday mental health episode. We know that our current mental health system is broken (laughs) and that the reality is is that it just does not have the capacity to help everyone in need right now even if people wanted to get mental health services and even just getting people to admit that they need these services itself is already hard enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's like, we have to deal with that reality. But the one takeaway of this is that this pandemic has d- done a lot to destigmatize mental health. It's come to the real where people realize, oh, you know what? Maybe I do need to talk to a therapist. Um, because I'm not feeling so well. And you know what? I'm going to get treatment because I need, because if I continue, if I don't get treatment, things are going to get worse. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then like uh, also a lot of young people that I work with, they're also um, vocalizing more like, oh, I, I, I need to talk to someone, right? Like I need, I need, you know, therapy. Um, I would like to speak to a counselor. So yeah, I totally agree that the, the pandemic has really allowed uh, people to, to vocalize and to, to be able to, to say how they feel, right? Because I think society forces us to stuff our feelings a lot um, and that the pandemic kind of brought that out. Yeah. Um... I mean, even when you think about words, I think I was reading a meme about like what makes you stronger does, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's like, yeah, actually, what doesn't kill you can also put you, give you uh, can also give you a lot of damage. Right. Come on. Seriously. Right. Like, why like, we have to um, push through all of this? No, I want to sit down. <laughs> it, it's what Rebecca said. Maybe I need to sit with my feelings. If I find myself getting triggered regularly, maybe I just need to sit down with my feelings, with, for, sit with my feelings. Yeah. So, you know, um, season one was really good. It was um, definitely a great experience for me too. And, you know, I thank you again for um, bringing me along on this journey with you. 
And, you know, going forward and thinking about, you know, some of the topics that we want to explore for season two, I know one of the topics that I definitely want to um, talk about is, you know, first job opportunities for young people. Um, you know, that's mainly what my work is, right, is, you know, helping young people get ready for, you know, the world of work, the world, the world post, right. post high school. So, you know, I would um, love to be able to have that as a topic. And then uh, just even thinking about like me and you as moms of seniors next year. Oh, my gosh, the college experience. Um, yeah, not ready, but not ready, right? Uh, um, right. For, for these college applications. So I think that that is going to be um, some really good topics to, to talk about in real time as we're, you know, working with our kids to, to complete their college applications. Again, ready, but not ready. Ready, but not ready. I like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, I think I mentioned that I, you know, he got enrolled in this summer program and that's going to kind of work with him on like some of the things like independent living skills. And um, so, so that that's, you know, basically preparing him for college life. So I'm really excited about this and it's out in the Berkshires in Lee, Massachusetts. So nice. yeah, two weeks in the countryside is, um, you know, what would be very helpful to him too. So um, yeah, right inside there, there, it's actually, um, the U Simons Rock College, in fact. Um, so, so yeah, that's definitely something, um, I definitely would like to continue our top, especially after we talked about co-parenting and being a dad during a pandemic to also talk about, you know, our, our kinship caregivers, um, mm -hmm. the, our grandmothers, you know, they say, they say kinship grant caregivers save this country $4 billion a year because they keep children out. They keep kids out of foster care. Mm. So I always want to give a, you know, I always want to give a shout out to, to our, the grandmothers out there, the grandmothers, the aunts, the, the godparents who are stepping up because these are families I've worked with for years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the the role of the kinship caregiver, foster parenting during the pandemic, mm -hmm. um, what's that like? Or dealing with an ACS investigation, like parenting is parenting during the pandemic is hard enough. Now you got to deal with that not you know a, that knock on the door from ACS. Um, mm -hmm. So and what's it like to you know navigate that? Um, and then so. So those are, and then of course, what, you know, the elephant in the room, since this is, was inspired by the pandemic is just the actual bereavement mm. that children who've lost loved ones from mm. this, you know, whether it's a grandparent, a parent, um, you know, it's, you know, we think about all the all the loved ones that have been lost. I mean, I, I think about the people whom I know mm -hmm. that have passed away. I mean, two people whom I was close to, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, a colleague, a close colleague of mine passed away from this. And yeah. Um, and the feelings that that has brought on for, um, because we already know that this pandemic has, that, that COVID itself had disproportionately affected more, had disproportionately affected certain communities more than others. Mm -hmm. and, it, 
back to who were more likely to be the essential workers. Yep. Yeah. So. Well, Flora, it was really um, a lovely experience and I can't wait um, uh, for us to start season two. And um, I, we really want to thank everyone for um, listening, you know, rocking with us, listening to us share, um, you know, who we are and our parenting journey with you over, um, you know, the course of these last couple of months. So just really um, thank you for uh, being here with us and, you know, taking time and adding us to your, uh, to your playlist. We really appreciate it. And remember, yes, we have our Facebook page up, New Normal in Parenting. And in fact, you can leave your comments on the New Normal in Parenting Facebook page because we would love to hear uh, from the audience of what topics you want us to bring up. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yep. As we go back to parenting and doing all the other things we have to do. <laughs> <laughs>